Good morning, Lighthouse. Are you ready for the Word of God this morning? Well, are you okay with a lot of Scripture this morning? Well, too bad if you're not, so. Well, today the focus will be on what I would consider the most precious substance to ever touch this world. We're going to be talking about blood. Not just any blood, though. And I suppose someone could describe this as a bloody sermon. Well, we sang about it in our first song this morning. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? The blood of Jesus. See, we sing, we sing songs in church such as, What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There is a fountain filled with blood. There is power in the blood, etc. These types of songs we sing only, though, make sense if you understand the significance to it. We know from the Bible that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and it should be a given that there was blood involved, if you know how a crucifixion works. Seeing specifically the things that happened and took place. But there was more to it than just that he bled. See, a precious substance that began pouring in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he began sweating blood. This was recorded in Luke's account. Hematidrosis is a term that only a few cases has ever been recorded where blood began to come out of the sweat glands when there was no cut or was there a wound. It is known to occur only through, as you can guess, extreme stress and extreme agony. Matthew 26, 38 reads this, that Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And we went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not I will, but as thou will. In Luke twenty two forty four, we see this account written, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling to the ground. And what's really interesting is hematidrosis was really not known until the 20th century, yet you see in Jesus' account being perfectly described. From the garden to the very last breath of Jesus before giving his life on the cross, his blood was spilled for us. So what makes this blood so significant, or a better word I would use, precious? What makes this blood so precious? Well, number one is it represents the perfect life given for us. See, this is the passage we get the phrase, precious blood of Jesus from. He was the only one to live a sinless and perfect life. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation, means way of living, way of lifestyle, received by tradition from your fathers. But, in contrast, not, corrupt, not corruptible things, but in contrast, an incorruptible thing, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you who by him do believe in God that raised him from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. See, it says in this passage that we were not redeemed by corruptible things 
instead by something incorruptible. See, many religion out there tries to redeem and purchase a soul through the things of corruptible. But true salvation is only redeemed through something incorruptible and something so precious, only by the blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish and without spot. See, John the Baptist, a very respected prophet, identified rightly him as the Lamb of God. In John chapter 1, verse 29, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him. Behold, look, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Hebrews 4, 14-15 tells us this, Seeing then we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, as a double negative there, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. A great high priest passed into the heavens, far above any ordinary Levitical one that passes through the Holy of Holies, but this one is passed into the heavens. Our high priest, who is empathetic with us, because he went through the heaviness of life as we do and was tempted in all points, but with a different result. He was without sin. And he willingly gave up his life and exchanged his righteousness for our sin. Second Corinthians 5, 20-21 says this, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, meaning we represent it. We are representative of heaven's citizens. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's Christ stead, be ye reconciled to God. Meaning that relationship that which is destroyed has now been restored. Be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. This passage here is my favorite one of Scripture to elaborate on the gospel and the meanings behind it. How that Christ died for our sin, was buried, and rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. See, when Jesus gave his life for us on that cross, he was treated as if he lived our lives. And in exchange, we were treated as if we lived his. The one who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God. Romans 3, 21-22 says this, But now, in contrast, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Righteousness of God without the law. True righteousness cannot come from the law because no man has been able to perfectly keep it ever, except for one, Jesus himself. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all that believe. For there is no difference, either Jew or Greek. Righteousness of God without the law, by faith, unto all, meaning it is available for this everyone because he died for the sins of the whole world, despite what other people try to teach, and upon all them that believe. See, his righteousness to those who place their trust in Jesus Christ for what he did on the cross for you as your hope of salvation, his righteousness was put and bestowed upon you. God declared you righteous and made you to true righteousness and to holiness, true holiness. And if God's going to come and say you are now righteous, what does that make you? 
Righteous, because you have Jesus' righteousness placed on you while he took his, your sin upon himself. The greatest exchange, an undeserved gift. It was a priceless gift given unto us. He was beloved of his Father. Matthew 3.17 says, And lo, a voice from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. It's described as many places, salvation as a gift. And if it's a gift, the implication is that there was nothing merited to have it given to you. Romans 6.23, For the wages, the payment of sin, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It is through Jesus Christ and Him alone, our Lord, specifically through His life given for us. See, the majority of the kids here could quote this passage with absolute ease. And since most of them are all back there to King's kids, I won't have them do it. For God so loved the world, John 3.16, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, this was no ordinary life given for us. He was perfect. He was beloved of the Father, and it was done so willingly that we might be made righteous, to make us righteous. That's why his blood is so precious, because it points us and reminds us of the life that was given, the perfect life. The second reason his blood is so precious to us is because it rescued us by satisfying the wrath of God. It's what brought about our justification. Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not particularly our faith that justifies us, neither faith is what saves us. Romans 5.9 identifies specifically what our faith is in. Much more than being now justified by what? By His blood. By His blood we shall be saved from wrath through Him. In the Bible word used, He was given as the propitiation, much more than, verse 21, 2. This is a word we don't use or hear outside of the Bible often. First John 2, 2. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. First John 4, 10, same word. Here in His love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sin. In Romans 3.25, it says, Whom, this is talking about Christ, God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, through the forbearance, through the patience, absolute patience of God. See, this is three out of the four variations of this word used in the Greek language. It wasn't too common in the original language either. It is defined as an appeasing, an, exp an expiatory sacrifice. So meaning Jesus through his shed blood is the absolute paid in full atonement for sin. God's wrath is fully satisfied in the death of his son as mankind's offering for sin. All a person is tasked to do is to place their faith and trust in him to save them and have eternal life. Because God's wrath was totally satisfied in Jesus' death. Meaning his death was more than enough to cover the sins of the entire world. Now when religion decides to put something into it and add to that, you know what they're essentially saying? Well, yes, I have faith in Jesus, 
but I also got to keep the sacraments. I got to keep myself faithful and I got to live it. What you've essentially said is that what Jesus Christ did on that cross, all that shed blood for you wasn't enough. I have to do something else about it. It is by grace we are saved through faith because what Jesus Christ did for us was absolutely enough. God's wrath was totally satisfied and through his sacrifice. See, in addition to rescuing us from the penalty of our sin and delivering us from the wrath, it redeemed us by being our payment which purchased our freedom. See, our forgiveness and redemption are because of the blood. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6 through 7 says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom, in Christ, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Back in Colossians as well, a sister verse, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom, Christ, we have redemption through what? Through His blood, even the forgiveness of sin. This was a high price. We are bought with a price. He set you free by His blood. 1 Corinthians seven twenty-two to 23 For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. Likewise also, he that is called, being free, is Christ's servant. Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Bought with a price. Just how can you really put a value on the blood of Jesus shed for you? Can you put a price on it? Priceless, invaluable. Not only was it priceless and in value, it was the only acceptable payment. A lot of verses here. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 18 to 28. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. Talking about the Old Testament. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water, scarlet wool, and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of the things in heaven should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with the better sacrifice than these. Verse 24, For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are figures of the true, but unto heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often, as the high priest enters in the holy place every year with the blood of others. For then he must often suffer since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. God himself putting himself as a sacrifice. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Leviticus 17.11 describes this about the blood. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. All those sacrifices under the Old Testament were pictures to come. See, they had to continuously bring these sacrifices, but the offering Jesus made 
was enough to settle the immeasurable debt that we owed once and for all. Way better, superior to the Old Testament system. And he will come back again, as this the verse assures us. But he won't be coming back again to suffer for sins. He will be bringing deliverance to those who are his. To those who don't know him, he will be bringing justice. Are you washed in the blood? It says, let the redeemed say so. Amen. The blood is never going to lose its power. It's the very thing that cleanses us from our sin. It is indeed, as the Bible calls it, precious. Not very many things in this world you can ever be calling precious. Precious because it represents the perfect life given for us. Precious because it justifies us before a holy God and satisfies His wrath. Precious because it purchased our redemption. Our freedom was satisfied and freedom was done once and for all because of that blood spilled. It is precious, but I ask you though, it indeed, by the word of God, is precious. That's a fact. But is it precious to you? If there hasn't been a point in your life where you recognize that you were a sinner in need of a Savior, I urge you to consider your position before God. See, the Bible plainly puts it that it's only through Jesus' shed blood on the cross that anyone will ever enter heaven. So what would make you wait if you understand that? Is it doubt if God's word is true? I just need a little bit more clarity. See, we actually have classes here to help you with that called Basic Bible Truths. Well, we will sit down with you privately and show you in the Bible how you can know this indeed comes from God and how you can truly know if you're going to heaven or not. This Bible classes we teach here are our living and breathing of why we do what we do here. To show you exactly where you are before God and how you can know in confidence if you're going to be in heaven or not. The Bible says it's only through His shed blood. I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father except by me. His blood is exclusive. We sing nothing but the blood of Jesus. Many of the folks out there will say, well, that's a pretty hateful, that's a just an exclusive religion. They're not very kind to everyone. It is exclusive because only his blood is acceptable. Only he can do the saving. It is indeed exclusive. That means that everything else out there is fault, is wrong. But it is inclusive. How is it inclusive? Because he died and did it for the sins of the whole world. Anybody can come to Christ, no matter what your cultural background, no matter who you are, no matter where you came from. He is the propitiation not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. Just like in Egypt, the Spirit of God didn't go into the homes to see who was worthy. It passed by all those who were covered by the Lamb's blood. The same goes with us today. He's not looking for anyone who's good enough, which will never be. He's not going through to see who's worthy of it, but only those who've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. Our good works can't save us. Our baptism can't save us. Our church membership can't save us. Even our very best efforts cannot save us. Only through the blood of the Lamb, which was spilled for you. Isaiah 1.18, Come now, let us reason together. Saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. 
Though they be like crimson, they shall be as wool. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And there is absolute power in it. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for our time uh, together. And thank you for the blood, Lord. Some might see this as we're, we're crazy, Lord, that we're bloodthirsty, and that's all we talk about sometimes. But in reality, though, it has no precious to those who don't understand it. But Father, those who do know you and do understand it, Lord, I just let the redeemed say so, and we can take rejoicing in knowing that the blood will never lose its power and it will always be precious to us. So we thank you, Lord, for giving the gift that we can never, ever pay back and never come measure up to that you willingly gave it, Lord, and that you willingly gave up something so precious and something that you can't put a price on. So, Father, for those who do not understand this quite yet, Lord, I just ask that you continue to draw them to yourself, Lord, and lead them to ask those questions and find that more clarity that they need. And they can find their answers in the Word of God, Lord. So let's thank you for entrusting us with that gospel, and thank you for our opportunity we have to rejoice, Lord, for the blood that was shed for us. And something that will always have power in us. As the Bible says, for the preaching of the cross is folly to them which perish, but to us who are saved, it is the power of God. We love you as all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Good job. Good job. That was a really close, near copy to the first sermon I ever heard in a Baptist church. First time I ever bid, went to a Baptist church, the preacher, who was a whole lot older than Justin, might have been as old as me, you never know, he, he preached on the blood. And you say, well, is that the day you got saved? No, it's not. I did not understand it at all. I thought the guy was out of his mind. I really did. I, I must have heard the word blood a hundred times that day. Blood, 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 blood. And, and I didn't get it. I didn't understand. Uh, I, I left at the church that day and Pastor said, well, come back and see us. Oh, I will. I lied like a dog. I never planned to come back. But the old man showed up on my door that Thursday night with his old raggedy Bible that was about worn out. And he showed me what Jesus did for me and why. That my living, it had nothing to do. It only, mattered, only one thing mattered, and that's the blood that he shed. I didn't, I didn't get the, the concept completely that night. I'll admit I didn't. It took me a while to understand more and more about exactly how that worked. But I did understand one thing that night, that Jesus promised me if I would put my trust in him, that he would handle it completely for me. Once and for all. And he did. He handled it that night. And I've never gotten over it. I've learned a lot since then. But I'm here to tell you, it is, it's, the answer is in the blood. You just heard it. You saw the scriptures yourself. The blood is what makes the difference. If you're here and you've never put your faith in the blood of Christ as a complete and utter and absolute payment for all your sins, you could do that today. You could do that standing right where you are. 
You know, it's a transaction from the heart between you and the Lord. If you believe the Bible's true and you believe the message you just heard, you could go to Jesus in your heart and say, Lord, I understand that you paid for me. And so, Lord, I'm trusting you to do that for me right now because you said you would. And you walk out of here a child of God today if that comes from the heart. You don't even have to use words. Trust is something you just do. And you either trust him or you don't. We, we got the message that it's only by trusting in him. But some people don't get the message that it's by trusting in him only. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can say, well, okay, Jesus, I'm going to trust you. And then you think, well, I better, I better be good. or No. You can't be good. That's your problem. You need the blood. And the blood's going to handle the entire problem. You're being good. It's just about being good because it's a good thing to be good. That's all it's for. It will not have anything whatsoever to do with you going to heaven. The blood will handle that. Jesus, by himself, all by himself, will handle that.